Sporting dog adventures run, that boy, run. That was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Saki Dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller, and I am here today from our property in Southern Wisconsin. We finally, finally, finally have our kennel completely done. It is to the point now where we've got everything put away. My goodness, moving sucks. Moving a business really sucks. Moving a business with animals, that just adds to the pain. But we've got it done. We are back up and running, and we are going to have regular podcasts now. I know I keep saying that, but I'm actually at that point now. Our hunting season is near over, and we've got the kennel all put back together. We have the house put together, so it's time to get back on a routine. And today I wanted to talk to everyone about finding a puppy. I know we talk about this often, but it is something that comes up over and over again. So I figured it was a good thing to revisit as... We have a lot of people that are contacting us. I know everyone's looking now. You look at one and you get a pup this winter, this spring, next summer. And we always get the question of when should you start looking and how? And the question of when you should start looking is now. Uh, to give you an idea, when we had COVID issues uh, in the world, dog breeders were sold out. Let's see, I would be sold out for next year probably about now or even last month. It was that busy. When we start looking at a normal year, then you're looking at right now getting probably about five to eight calls and emails a week. <clears throat> and that will just pick up as time goes on. I'm in Wisconsin, as we've, as we've talked about in the past, <clears throat> in Wisconsin, in our area. Once you get into like February and you get that first warm day of winter where the snow starts to melt, everyone just goes gonzo and wants spring puppies. By the time we get into spring, I will get calls where people really want to get a pup from us and they want one now. And it just it just basically comes down to it's too late. So if you have a kennel, especially if it's a good kennel that's been around for a while, has a good reputation, you are going to want to get on it now and start talking to people. Do you have to go to a kennel to see their facilities? It's always a good idea. If you can't, there's still a ton of great questions that you can ask. If you go to our website, psychacres.com, we actually have a form that gives you all the uh, different questions and things you should look at for a kennel. And it is pretty comprehensive where it just lets you check off the things that you should ask. When you look at things you should ask, big ones, health guarantee, uh, you want to look and uh, do a Google search to see what kind of uh, reviews are out there, any bad information. Uh, you want to look at pedigrees. Do you need a stacked pedigree with all sorts of titles? No, you don't, but I would argue actually, yes, you do. And this was something that we just had this conversation uh, 
on a micro on a micro sense uh, on social media where people are saying, oh, you can get any dog and a dog will be a good hunting dog because it's all about the trainer. Absolutely not true. Now, if it comes down to you know working with your dog, you need to train them. You need to work with them because if they have a great pedigree, they aren't going to turn into anything without training. But when it comes down to it, look at those pedigrees, find those FC, AFCs, MH, HRCH titles in that pedigree. And at that point, you know that the litter has ability and that you have something to start with and something to work with. Could you go to the pound and get a dog that would be successful? Absolutely. But your chances are very slim. When you are getting that good pedigree, you're basically hedging your bet. You're giving yourself the ability to work with so you can have that dog that you want. Next up, you're going to want to talk to the person. Make sure it's someone you want to do business with. In the state of Wisconsin, if you do more than three litters a year, you are legally bound to be registered, registered with the Department of Agriculture. Does that mean everybody is? Absolutely not. But you have to be registered with the Department of Ag. And the nice part about that is that the Department of Agriculture will come out, they'll inspect your facilities, make sure you have a clean sanitary facility that's safe for dogs, that they have water, they have heat, all the things that you would want out of an animal or out of any for an animal's care. And they also will go through your paperwork to make sure that you're doing proper vetting. Um, when you're registering with your different organizations like the American Kennel Club. Once you do over X amount of litters, I don't even know what it is anymore. It was seven or eight. It's, it's probably around there now, but they will actually come and do an inspection as well. Are these inspections needed? You would, you would hope not, but there are a lot of people that are in the dog breeding world that should be. I've talked to several people who have bought puppies because they said, yep, I knew it wasn't a place that I should buy a dog from, but I felt so terrible for this puppy. I had to rescue it from the breeder because it was such bad circumstances and conditions. So again, talk to the person or the people that you've identified that you may want to do business with and make sure they are someone you do want to do business with. Uh, next up, get yourself in on a deposit. Our kennel, we do not do lists anymore. And that's just because if I have someone who wants to put money down on a puppy, I have to take that because it's a guaranteed customer. Um, I found out early on when we did lists, it was where probably about 60 to 70% of people that were on those lists would have either found a different puppy or changed their mind. Uh, once we called them, generally speaking, it was they would find someone else, which you know what, if that's what you're looking for, totally understand that. But from a business perspective, you want to make sure that you got stuff locked in so that you're producing your puppies, you've got good homes for them, uh, you're running your business well. So find a place that you can put a deposit down and lock yourself into a litter. That is incredibly important so that you have some guarantees. Um, <clears throat> it's a little tougher if you have someone that's only doing two or three litters a year. Uh, you could get on a list and if they have a small litter or missile litter, you could get pushed out farther. Uh, your larger kennels like ours, you will get on a list. You will be put into a litter by the date of the order, uh, date slash order of the uh, deposit received. So the oldest deposit will get a puppy sooner. So you want to make sure that you find someone, again, that has a good, uh, good pedigree, has a good business, has the ability to get a deposit down. You also want to make sure they're doing their health clearances so that the issues in that breed, they all have them, 
are being checked so you're getting as healthy of a, a puppy as you can. When you are breeding animals, there's never a guarantee. Uh, but as a breeder, you want to do the absolute level best that you can, put out the healthiest puppy. And then from there, it is health guaranteed. You want to make sure that the breeder that you are spending good money with has a fair health guarantee so that you are guaranteed that if your dog has an issue, you would get a replacement puppy. The way our kennel works, we don't ask for the dog back. We don't uh, generally give refunds. What we will do is we will give you a replacement puppy. That's pretty much industry standard, and it's what you should expect. <clears throat> By the time you find out a dog has issues, you're more than likely going to be highly attached to the dog. You're going to want to keep it. So the only fair thing is to give you a replacement uh, puppy that is covered in that health guarantee so that you have that quote-unquote dream that you can look forward to uh, during your, your work with the dog. Um, you know, from there, it just turns into... Um, Again, finding that person that does business, finding the color, finding the sex, getting all of that stuff set, and then it's just a waiting game. Pretty much gone are the days where you go and the puppies are ready to go home and you play with the puppies and then you decide if you want to get a pup. I totally understand that. I get where people are at. I get that's what they want to do. It's just the industry has grown to the point where I can't with the volume of calls I get, wait until a litter is ready to go home. It is something where you have to have trust in who you're dealing with. And it's no different than any other product. You wanna have trust in who you're buying so that you know you're getting a good pup. What we do is the minute that a litter is on the ground, once we have had them to the vet, we, we, we have them all vet checked. They're all healthy, they're all viable. At that point, then we will put people into a litter and contact them and say, hey, we have you in a litter. It is uh, it was it was born in the state. Uh, this is how many females, how many males. This is where you're at in the pecking order. And from here, it is uh, take home date will be X date. At that point, we allow people to move back to a different litter if it's uh, the timing doesn't work or they want to have more pups to choose from. But ultimately, we make sure that the person with the oldest deposit has a pup or an opportunity to get a pup when they're born. So again, it's the time of year when we are going to start looking for pups. It's the time of year that is a great time to look because deposit ledgers aren't filled up. We have plenty of room in our kennel. I know a lot of other kennels that have room. It is just finding that person you wanna do business with, making sure they have a clean, sanitary, safe facility, and make sure that they are putting out a dog that not only has the ability to perform, whether it's hiking or in the field, but has that off switch and that temperament so that you can get that good pet that you can then enjoy the rest of its life with and a good portion of your life. And again, realize that just because you have a hunting breed does not mean it's going to be a hunting dog. They don't all carry the same abilities, and that's why we do the pedigree. And just because you have a great hunting dog doesn't mean it's going to be a good pet. You want to make sure you're finding someone that knows what they're doing, that is putting a great temperament on the dog, so you have a pet that will be successful for you and your family for the years to come. So that's it for this part of the show. Next up, I want to talk about keeping in on this whole, we're getting a puppy, when training starts, and what you need to work on the minute that they get home. And then after that, I want to talk about the beauty of late season upload.
All that and more coming up after this. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with dogs in the field. Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide to them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, the big question we always get when pups go home and I get from people that are getting a prospective puppy is, when does training start? Simple answer, the minute you get home. Uh, you start working with them, the minute you get home, you start to teach them the word no, teach them structure, teach them that they don't bite, teach them that they don't bark, and get them into that atmosphere where they understand that there are rules. Crate training is a great way to do this. Our puppies always start in a crate, hour in the crate, hour out of the crate. They're supervised when out of the crate so we can make sure they're not getting away with anything. Again, potty training, biting, chewing, all those things are accomplished by supervising the puppy as well as crate training. And you start doing the structure so that when you get to formal training, which we start at six months, you have a dog that understands right and wrong and you have a dog that is put into a position where they're going to excel in training because you don't have to kill the proverbial ant with a sledgehammer. No, there's not a sledgehammer used, but you don't have this huge issue you have to fix because the dog doesn't understand structure. And then you can move on to your training. It just, it makes it an easier transition if you're doing the training yourself or sending the dog away, but it also gives you a happy home. So again, Training starts the day they get home, and that is when we work with them, we teach them structure, and they start to learn how to learn. So I hope that helps you. Next up, I want to talk about the fun of these late season rooster hunts that I'm going to go on. All that and more coming up after this. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. Welcome back to the show. So hunting season in the state of Wisconsin is drawing to a close. Uh, goose hunting is still open. Uh, duck hunting just closed. Deer hunting is open, but it's archery. I filled my archery tag. 
I have something that I love to do, and I honestly wait until it snows. I love to go on late season pheasant hunts. There is nothing more beautiful than when that big rooster gets up with that snowy backdrop and all of that color, and they take to the sky. That is something that I just love to do. Now, Wisconsin doesn't have the numbers that other states do, but when you look at your classic hunts where you go to Kansas, South Dakota, those areas, you can get these beautiful flushes. You've got snow. We used to film, and I would always want there to be snow because you would have multiple birds that just take to the sky. It just explodes, and then it explodes also with the color. There's nothing prettier than seeing that getting to harvest a few of these beautiful birds and then having your dog bring that bird back with the snow all around, bird in his mouth, holding it properly. Everything has worked out. We went from flush to shot to retrieve and just getting to experience that out in the field. So that is something that I'm looking forward to. In Wisconsin, we have very few, uh, I guess, not club hunts that are available. There's very few areas that have birds. I'm going to go out to a few. I also do the, uh, the put and take hunts where you can go to clubs and they put them out. But again, even though it's not that classic out west feel, it's still me. It's my dog. And we're outdoors and we're getting to see this. We're getting to share it with my kids, my friends, whoever's along with us, so that we're getting to really have this wonderful experience. And that is something that I have to say I cannot wait for. And it's kind of, I guess when I explain it to people, I'm like, listen, my only hobbies are, are hunting. So when I get into this time of year and hunting is closed in our state, I kind of look at this as my winter golf. I can go out gets me some exercise, gets me out of the house, gives me an excuse to work with my dogs and see my family and friends. So if you haven't, try that classic rooster hunt. If you live down south where there's not enough snow or you don't get any snow, go out on a trip sometime where you can get that classic hunt where you've got that snowy backdrop. You can see these big, beautiful birds take flight and you get to harvest them and bring them back. Good eating, great experience and something I'm looking forward to uh, with the uh, the upcoming season here of our put and take hunt in, in the last part of our uh, pheasant season. That covers today's show. I do want to thank everyone for stopping in. It is an honor that you choose us for your dog-related podcast. We do appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great week, and God bless. Sporting dog adventures run by.